0: Amen, amen, indeed. Thank you, worship team. Let's pray as we uh, dig into the word together this morning. Father God, there is power in the blood of Jesus. There's power to save. There's power to transform. There's power to cleanse us, to wash away our sin. That stain that we brought upon ourselves from the very beginning, the blood of Jesus makes us clean again. The freedom and life that we can live in within that, God, is such an incredible gift. And as we explore that this morning, as we dig into your gospel, the truth of what Jesus has done, we pray that you would speak to us, that we would be encouraged, that we would be challenged, that we would be drawn deeper into our relationship with you and our understanding of what Jesus has done, that we can live it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Well, this morning as we begin, let's open our Bibles to John chapter 20, and we're going to walk through this incredible story of the empty tomb and what it really means for us. John chapter 20, and we're going to read most of this eventually together, but we'll start with the first 10 verses here as we begin. John chapter 20, it says, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one that Jesus loved and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back where they were staying. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen and amen and amen. Jesus is alive. And that changes everything. This morning we celebrate the most incredible thing to ever happen. The creator of the universe, this being that spoke existence into existence, who was born as a human baby, lived and moved and acted among us, took the weight of all of humanity's sin on his shoulders. All of my sin. And all of yours. And he paid the price with his own body. And then he rose again defeating sin and death forever and made us free. God is good and he is here. Hallelujah, Jesus is alive. Our theme this year has been walking intimately with God and we've been exploring just what God really means when he invites us to journey with him. What is he offering? What does that mean? And we looked at the story of the early church, how they understood what God meant in his call to follow him, what it means to be the church, what it means to be on mission with God, what he is doing in our world and how he is inviting us to be a part of it. And in the Advent season, then we looked at the birth. Of Jesus and the powerful reminder that God so desires to be with us that He sent His Son. To be born here, to live here. To show us what all of this was supposed to be. What life was supposed to be. What what He created us for. Because Jesus was fully God, but he was also fully human. And the life he lived was meant to show us what a human life had been created to be. What we lost. A human life without sin. A human life in perfect connection with our creator. In relationship with him. Jesus lived it. And it looks pretty incredible. So we could see what God really meant. What he wanted. And what he was inviting us back into. But Jesus didn't only live as an example for us. He he tried to tell us. About his father. About this, this kingdom that God was building. That was different from what we knew here. From what we understood life to be. He tried to describe and tell us about his, his mission and his purpose here. Tried to prepare people for what he was going to do. And it worked great. They understood immediately. What he was going to achieve for us. So for the last few months, we've been exploring these stories of Jesus. These things we call parables and the stories that he he told us as he tried to help us see what all of this was really about. Tried to help us understand what he was going to do. And then, after three and a half years of walking and talking and eating and working and living with people after he had done all he could to prepare them for this incredible thing what God was going to do, he did it. All of the law, all of the prophets, all of Scripture all of the work and all of the sin and all of the grace that God poured out on his people as he walked with us over the centuries comes to this moment, to these three days where Jesus says, it is finished, and then stop doubting and believe. Jesus is alive, and he is here, and that changes everything. On Good Friday, we walked together through the story of the crucifixion, meditating together on the the words that Jesus said and the things that he did as we read through that story, starting with the triumphal entry and the celebration as people worshipped and praised him as the King and Messiah they had been waiting for, and how quickly that celebration turned to fear and even hatred as he wasn't what they were hoping for. He didn't turn out to be what they wanted. They didn't understand what he was actually here to do. Despite all of his stories and teaching and examples. They still weren't willing to let him be what he needed to be. Rather than just what they wanted him to be. We walked with them up into that. Upper room where Jesus spoke with them for the last time before his arrest, where he washed their feet. God incarnate, the creator of the universe, washing the feet of his followers. They were overwhelmed. Peter, in particular, could not wrap his mind around what was happening. And they sat and ate together as they had so many times before. But now, Jesus starts to prepare them for the end. And and he takes the cup and the bread, these symbols of the Passover, and he gives them new and deeper meaning as he describes to them what he is about to accomplish in just a few hours. And they take communion for the first time, beginning this practice we celebrate to this day. And Jesus prays for them. John chapter 17, go and read that a bunch of times. Jesus prayed for them and for us. He saw us when He was doing it. Desiring that same connection with His Father that He had. He wanted that for us, and He prayed for it. And then He leads them out into the garden, and they're tired, and and they don't understand, and, and He leaves them, and He prays so hard that He sweats drops of blood. Fully aware of just how difficult and painful this is about to be. And his followers sleep. And then he's arrested. And he's tried. And he's mocked. And he's beaten. He's crucified. Surrounded on either side by criminals. And even on the cross, one mocks him. And the other asks for his favor. And Jesus, ever incredible, says to him, Today, you will be with me in paradise. And he dies. And the disciples all flee, and he's buried and he's placed in a tomb. And for three days, everyone thinks it's over. Until that morning, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon, Peter, and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb. And we don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon, Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place separate from what, from the linens. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying and as she wept she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been one at the head and the other at the foot they asked her woman why are you crying they have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned around and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go and said to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with this news. I have seen the Lord. I have seen the Lord. Can you imagine it? The confusion. The the hope, the joy. It's not possible. This isn't possible. He's dead. We saw him die. It's over. She must be hysterical. Her grief is too much, but... Peter and John saw the empty tomb too. Someone must have just stolen the body, right? Or what did she see? It's fear mixed with excitement because if the Jewish authorities stole the body, they would be coming for the disciples next to stomp out Any embers of hope for this little cult. But what if? What if Mary really saw him? Is that really possible? And so all afternoon they hid and wondered and argued should we stay? Should we run? What if he's really alive? What if he isn't and the guards are coming right now to kill us? What's going on? And then on the evening of the first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. We've joked in the past about heart attacks and how the disciples would have freaked out and been screaming in fear and surprise and how they would have been picking themselves up off the floor. But can you imagine that moment? Your Lord and Master... The man you had followed for three years who you loved and trusted so deeply. You had seen him perform miracles with your own eyes. Healings and feeding the crowds, commanding nature itself. Telling you things you had never heard before. Teaching you things you could scarcely believe. And then proving it with his actions. The power that he had. You watched him die. And now he just appears. And he stands here. And he says, peace. You'd be overwhelmed with emotion, excitement, confusion. And maybe just maybe you'd start to understand just how deep and powerful his words truly were. That in that moment, all of a sudden, all the things that he'd been saying about the kingdom and the spirit and this thing that God was doing that didn't really make sense at the time. It was confusing and weird and it was all too fantastic to be real. All of a sudden... It's all true. It's all true. It's all of it. He meant all of it. The kingdom, God, the Messiah, salvation, the world, the spiritual reality he's been describing. It's all true. And your heart and your mind are just exploding with this need to tell everyone it's all true. He is who He says He is. You will never believe it, but you have to. He's alive and it's all real. And it changes everything. And in that moment, Jesus forges His church. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah and that by believing you may have life in his name. The story is the most incredible story in all of human history. And there's some pretty amazing stories within the Bible itself. Creation, the flood, the parting of the Red Sea, the walls of Jericho. God is powerful and he is always moving. But here God did something beyond our understanding and certainly not what we deserved. He raised Jesus from the dead. Conquering sin and death forever for any and all who will call on his name. Paul says in Romans chapter 8, What then shall we say in response to all these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword, as it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. doesn't matter what you've done. No matter what has been done to you. The blood of Jesus washes it all away. You can be made new. There is nothing in heaven or on earth that can separate you from the love of Jesus. His love, His life, His truth. He is the way and He is inviting you to trust Him. To follow Him. To kneel. And receive abundant, everlasting, eternal life. If you will confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised Him from the dead You will be saved. No question. No qualification. No limit. Jesus is enough. He said it is finished and he meant it. You are the most precious thing. In all of creation in God's sight created in His image each and every person you are created in His image for His glory you are seen and known by Him and He wants to make you whole I can't tell you what it's like I can't begin to describe how incredible it is to receive the forgiveness and life that he offers. All descriptions fail. You have to taste and see for yourself. But he is calling. He is inviting. He is here and he sees you. Will you trust him? Because it changes everything. This morning we're going to celebrate communion again. We don't always do this on Easter Sunday as well. But part of the beauty of what we celebrate as a church family is. Every day is communion. Every day is remembering the sacrifice of Jesus. Every day is celebrating that he is alive. And as we are here, we want to celebrate that together. On Good Friday, we remembered the cost of our sin. We reflected on the weight of what Jesus had to do for us. But today, we celebrate that he was willing and he is alive. We have the elements at the front here. I'll invite Curtis up to pass those out. And if you are here as an individual, we invite you to come forward. If you are here with a group or as a family, we'd invite you to send one person to come and gather the elements for your group. We'll line up down this aisle and make our way across. And uh, you can make your way back to your seats the other way. But on Good Friday, we remember the cost. And today, we celebrate this new and abundant life that Jesus invites us into. I'm going to pray. And then we're going to engage in this together because we are a family together. And we praise and thank God that we are by his son. Let's pray together. Father God, we come before you today and we celebrate that Jesus is alive. Thank you, God, for saving us. Thank you that we don't have to fear death. That we fear nothing. As Paul says. Because we have the love of Jesus. And there is nothing that can separate us from that. In this life we will have hardship and troubles. But Jesus is alive. And as we walk through this together we pray. That you would speak, that as we take the cup that represents the blood of Jesus, that you would wash us clean, as we take the bread that is his body broken, that we would remember and celebrate that he was willing to pay the price for us. Father, we bow before you. We lift our hands and we say, We are not worthy but because of your great love, you have done this for us. We thank you and we praise you. We ask that you would speak now. In Jesus' name, amen. You can come as you feel led.